Postdoc transformation. Postdoc transformation. Postdoc transformation. Invest in your postdoc transformation. Welcome to the weekly show for scientists leaping into business. In every episode, we are happy to recommend employers of choice for you. For your career transition, we offer customized career transition e-courses and memberships also at graduate schools all over the world. Maybe yours too. And if your university isn't yet our customer, enroll in your free email course for career transition made simple as linked in the show notes. I'm your host, Professor Dr. Anna Sui Winkles, and let's build your postdoc transformation with this episode. Why are you active on social media? This is the question that you need to answer before you build your online profile and your presence. Regardless of the social media platforms, and especially if you are creative on multiple platforms. And for this episode of the Postdoc Transformation Show, I'll be putting together the top reasons to be active on social media as an early career scientist. Why? Because in hindsight of, I don't know, almost 10 years of being a professor, I am very happy that I have started my online profile and presence on LinkedIn at least more than 10 years ago. But I've only started to be active on TikTok and Instagram two years ago, and I'm quite new to YouTube. I'm quite new to podcasting. So this is sort of like my take on it. And I wish I had been active on the other platforms much sooner. And I will be sharing my own reasons why I'm active on many different social media platforms like LinkedIn or, you know, Instagram, TikTok, like I said, but also I I run my own website. I have an online academy, etc. So there are some, you know, um, business goals also mixed into my probably more traditional role as a as a professor. So. I'll be explaining each one of these facets as we go in this podcast. But the underlying theme is always to be, you know, a thought leader, to be inspiring, to encourage and to walk the talk. For those who are following me, who listen to me as my own real life students, right? The bachelor and the master students, but also the PhD students and candidates who follow me in my business of postdoc transformation. And... Beyond that, I also have from my business community some very loyal followers and also business partners and, you know, I would I would even say friends because we support each other, we inspire each other, we network even though we're not doing business together, right? But we are probably more like the the gatekeepers but also the door openers, so to speak. So it's like... um. For me, networking and being active on social media goes hand in hand. And I hope that I can convince you about the top reasons to be active on social media as an early career scientist, because now is the time to build a foundation from which you can then build your supportive network with business partners, industry partners, so that you can, you know, help your own students to find a job in whatever field that they desire 
because you know someone who knows, even if it's not you. So let's start with four main categories. And from a meta level, they are sort of like categorizable along the lines of serving yourself versus serving your community, but also from a perspective of ascending aura in the sense of um, efforts or intensity on, and also return on invest, right? So these are the four main categories. Hey, do you need a well-paid job in business aligned with your vision of life as soon as possible? You don't have access to a supportive career guide at your graduate school? Then this is for you. I know that leaping out of science can be lengthy, full of misconceptions and scary without experience guidance. And maybe you already know how it feels to get rejections on non-academic job applications. So wouldn't it be comforting to have me by your side so that you can land your future-proof job? Imagine the feeling of getting job interview invites after you submitted a winning CV, cover letter, and sustainably rock your LinkedIn. Do you want to become confident through my interview and contract negotiation rehearsal? With me, you can confidently fine-tune suitable roads, working conditions, benefits, and compensations. This postdoc transformer bundle is the first time that I ever offer it, and it grants you 24-7 access to the two e-courses, Career Transition into Business and Digital Personal Branding that are usually exclusively offered at graduate schools. Now you can share all your job application material and questions, as many as you like, and I will answer via exclusive video lessons sent to you via email within 24 hours. So subscribe until you start your job and you don't need me as your career transition guide anymore. How would you feel to be able to worry-free pay all your running bills and reduce your student debts as you earn 60 to 125k annual salaries? Remember, every month without a well-paid job worsens your financial situation so it takes longer to become financially stable. Also, receiving too many rejections for your job applications after your PhD will reduce your chances to get a job aligned with your vision of life. So, subscribe to your monthly postdoc transformation bundle for your guided career transition into business now. Category number one, silent learning. Well, typically a silent learner is someone who browses through the feed or even follows proactively a couple of accounts because of the interesting content that these content creators provide. But usually it's more like a silent reading in the sense of like, you'll learn something, yes, about the content, about the author, the content creator, but you're not actively creating your own content. You're not becoming visible. And unless you filter, and selectively follow people, you will be more like subjected to the feed. So whatever the algorithm as a social media platform thinks is interesting for you because you are reading it, you will be fed more of that. So that can be more or less strategic. 
but essentially at least you are learning, you are there. So I recommend this at least to my bachelor students and my master students who haven't been active on social media before. So before you become active, you should at least be a silent learning or silent learner, so to speak. Addition, especially if you want to become visible for your own career or even your career transition, you, you should create your personal brand. So you want to become known as a thought leader, as someone, the go-to person, the expert or whatever. Someone who learns a new field and is eager to share about the new expertise, the new experience and the learnings, the failure. You can show yourself to be vulnerable. You can show yourself to be teachable, learnable, you know, everything that will help you to Make a name for yourself in that niche, in that area, in that whatever topic you choose. And so what's in it for you? If you would do this, then you will be, you know, share yourself as someone or show yourself as someone who um, is employable, right? So open for hiring or open to whatever to do business with you. Right. That means that um, you are creating your own opportunities. You're not waiting to be, you know, applying for a job that is um, somewhere, you know, advertised on a job board or so. But instead, you are constantly showing yourself as someone who is approachable, who is knowledgeable and who is always helping to answer questions related to your expertise. So these two categories, they all have, they both have in common that they are self-serving, so to speak, right? You're serving yourself because you are learning something new or you're serving yourself because you brand yourself as someone and the expert, etc. But when we now switch to the other two categories, it's about serving your community, thinking of your target audience in the sense of, who are they? What are their needs? What are their needs? What are their goals? How can you help them to transform into someone who can do this and that? So that's category number three, curating for your own community. So what does it mean curating? So you're not really creating your own content yet, but instead you will be, you know, following the right um, shareable or, you know, um, share worthy, follow worthy creators and then comment something smart on that and, um, let your own community know about these people, right? So you're adding value to your community or for your community because you are making them aware, making them attend to the right content that they need. And while you are doing this, and even though you're not actively posting your own content, you are still brand yourself. And you also are a silent or not, not a silent, but you are a learner because you learn about new things and you can act as the trailblazer, so to speak, and share that as one of the first, 
right? So you can lead the pack by curating for your own community, even though you're not creating your own content for them. And that leads me to category number four, which is the content creator. So you are creating for your community. You are constantly thinking about your ideal follower avatar. What are their goals? What are their needs? What are their interests? What are their aspirational identities? How can you help them to transform the, into that new identity and stuff like that? So you are creating step-by-step um, -step content regularly on a constant basis to help them achieve all that. And at the same time, you can still curate, that is commenting um, smartly and also following, etc. You can all, you can do all previous three categories, but the fourth one really requires a lot of active engagement. But then again, your return on invest is also the biggest because you are learning, you are personal branding yourself and you are curating. Um, that means you are the go-to person and also you are the creator and that makes you outstanding. On all of the social media platforms, the content creators are the, you know, the rare ones who create the content for the main users on that platform. And did you know that I offer deep dive e-courses, workshops and memberships at graduate schools, maybe also at yours in the future? Ask your graduate school coordinator whether they want to book my services so that I can deliver them to you 24-7, 365 on your mobile device. And now we can think about the social media platforms itself. So for business networking, it must be LinkedIn, especially if you are trying to reach a global audience, right? And um, Everything else is more social, um, you know, more, more fun or entertaining, I would say. So it's more like off business hours. Um, you can still learn, but it should be more inspirational, more uh, quick and easy to digest instead of very, you know, firm and Sometimes um, Instagrammers or TikTokers think that LinkedIn people are more like braggy or bragging about themselves. But um, being active on both are all kind of platforms, I would say. It's, it's, it's simply a different, um, you know, it's a different culture. And why it's a different culture? Because of the demographic, right? So typically LinkedIn users who are experts or key decisioners or, or decision makers, leaders, and something like that, they have arrived in their positions, right? So they have climbed the corporate ladder because of their work ethic, their culture, their behavior, and stuff like that. And that is mirrored on the platform itself. So the people who are actively creating content on LinkedIn are probably the ones who are, you know, um, successful in their own right so they um yeah you know they exhale that kind of culture also in their posts and that's why it's maybe a little bit funny or a little bit off for someone who enters the business world for the first time so for me personally why i'm on linkedin is very easy because um 
I wanted to build a network for my own career transition. So I started on LinkedIn when I was in grad school. No one taught me and I learned by doing, right? And it was okay because um, my industry leap, so to speak, was into IT and IT people are also not the ones who are, you know, a lot of, you know, they're not so braggy and they're more introverts and they're more like data facts and, you know, data facts oriented. So um, learning to post for them was not so much different um, for me, right? So it was easy to learn. And then while I climbed the corporate ladder, I found it, especially as a consultant, where you need to network with a lot of people so that you can gain a broader experience, broader, you know, approach, broader access to other people who can help when I can't, right? So especially in this kind of topic or in this kind of sense, I would say that LinkedIn has absolutely helped me to become someone who knows someone, right? But for example, when I want to reach early career scientists, most of them aren't active on LinkedIn. So how can I inspire them? Certainly not so much just using LinkedIn. So I went to the pond where more early career scientists are and the same applies to when I want to inspire and inform and edutain my own bachelor and master's students, they also, they're also not on LinkedIn, but instead they're more on Instagram and also on TikTok. So the demographic is different. They're younger. Their aptitude for social media, um, their, you know, their requirements for social media is absolutely different. And for me, it was like, um, it was like LinkedIn on steroids when I went to Instagram and TikTok and I was like totally intimidated, even though I already had a followership of like 3000 in LinkedIn. Um, and I grew that by 2000 by now. But at the same time, I grew that my followers from zero to 800 and zero to 2000 or so on Instagram, because I have two handles there, uh, one for my actual students, real life bachelor and master students, and also one for my business as post transformation. And it's a totally different world and so much more, you know, visually appealing on Instagram than on LinkedIn. And now it's time to thank Company ABC who sponsors this episode of the Postdoc Transformation Show. I would now be reading the company's answers to one of six bold questions so that you can choose to apply. For example, number one, describe your most valuable experts versus leaders in your company. Have they typically earned a doctor title? Or number two, for which of your company roles or units do you encourage somebody with a doctor title to apply? Number three, how would you describe your organizational culture in which your most valuable experts and leaders thrive in? To nominate an employer of choice so that we can ask our informative, bold questions, click on the link in the show notes. And now, back to the Postdoc Transformation episode. And now let's talk about TikTok. That's more 
leisure of business, fun, inspirational. Especially if you're looking for trending sounds, trending video ideas, trending cuts, something like that. You will find that abundantly in TikTok. However, you won't find a lot of people that you can impress for your career, for your business networking. All right, and probably the most opposite of that is your own website. So especially if you are. You know, becoming an established professor or on in the making, or if you want to impress someone in the business context, a recruiting manager, hiring manager, because you are, you know, showing yourself as the expert, so for branding purposes, and that you want to be employable, something like that, you can showcase all your transferable skills and your your you know work demonstrations. You can showcase that everything on your website. So when you own your own domain, so yeah, that's the um www your name your domain whatever dot com or de or eu or whatever it is, that's sort of like the hub. And everything else, all the social media platforms I've just rehearsed,、uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and and whatnot, there are a lot more like the the spokes, right? So you could use your website as the home, as the trigger of something that will point them to all the other social media platforms in different packages, or you know. Content pieces, something like that, and you can repurpose that so that you sell the you sell the or you tell the story in different packages in different variations, and also repurpose that across the timeline. So maybe within a week, you will um disperse that from platform A to B to C, etc. And the main benefit of that is also it's like like your home. You don't want to build a house on borrowed land, right? So especially for Twitter, since Elon Musk take took over,、um, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of companies have reduced their ads spend、uh, on Twitter, and that means they're not looking on investing a lot of job ads or anything ads. On the platform of Twitter, instead there are、um, a lot of other platforms, so to speak. In that context, LinkedIn has gained traction among a lot of Twitter creators. So they went from Twitter to LinkedIn and building up their own、uh, presence there. But this that's the same. LinkedIn is also not you are. Something you own. Instagram is not something you own. You just borrow. So whenever they change the algorithm. Or the algorithms, you are subjected to that. That means you should have. If you are someone who wants to create a lot, you should have a website. Definitely, if you don't want to create a lot, you don't need one, right? So, it depends on your own purposes, your own goals, whether you need one or not. Because if you are a budding scientist, an early career scientist, a PhD student, etc. It might be enough to have the website side a page on your university's page, right? So usually every research team, every lab has its own side, and you can then have your own page, so to speak. Hey, have you found this episode so far helpful for yourself? 
Well, maybe you can subscribe and also share this episode with your PhD bestie because that would encourage us to help the underprivileged, underrepresented, and underserved early career scientists leaping into business. And now back to the show. And when I spoke about the categories, I also talked about serving a community, right? So either you are curating or you are creating. Creating content for your community, and that means we need to define the community that you are serving. So for me, it's like, or for you probably as well, it's first and foremost your students, your bachelor, your master students. But it could also be if you are a budding scientist who wants to also allow and build、uh, industry partnerships for your research and also for your students. Then the community extends to industry partners, fellow academics, so that you can exchange ideas on, you know, how to teach or how to research and collaborations and stuff like that. But it also should extend in the, you know, supporting your students,、um, contacting or staying in touch with hiring managers of other, you know. Universities, but also if they want to become a PhD student, or also with you know、um, with companies, because essentially these companies might need students like yours, right? And then also if you are a research、um, that you、um, a researcher that needs material, then you should also maybe consider networking with suppliers. And if you are, you know, a professor who has a side business or a side gig, then you maybe also want to reach out to new leads、uh, or generate leads, and you want to reach out to existing clients, and you want to nurture your clients, so to speak. So that these are all the people you should consider as your ideal follower, or ideal audience, or ideal community avatar. And you should group them because every of these、um, avatars, they all have different goals, different needs, different、um, you know different interests, and they also digest the information, even the same information in different ways, at different times in different preferred formats. So you need to think about the platforms and who you want to serve. And how you want to serve them on which platform? Because some of them are only on these kind of platforms, and some of them are on others. So depending on how big your community is that you want to serve, you probably need to extend to more than one platform. So that was a lot of theory, and now I'll speak about my own experience. For me, during the Corona crisis. I accidentally, you know, stumbled, so to speak, into Instagram because I was actually a LinkedIn person. I've grown up, so to speak, in my professional life with LinkedIn. I liked it. I was able to use that. My intention was never to become someone like a cre- content creator, but instead, I just wanted to network and build a connection with. The people that I'm working with, or that I was, you know, serving, or whatever. But then Corona hit us all. We went into the lockdown, and for me as a professor, there was something like, it. I'm I'm a professor who is very techy, so for me it's easy to create the setup for. 
the technical setup for Zoom sessions, WebEx sessions, online lecturing, whatever it is. But for me, being a professor also means to connect and to support my students between the script of between the lines of a script. So I always wanted to support them. I wanted to edutain them in the breaks uh, between each of the lectures within a couple of weeks or so to speak. And I miss that. And I know that this is more important than the script itself. So I try to find a way and I stumbled into Instagram because I thought that how come, how can I serve my students? Either I drag them to LinkedIn and to I, either I convince them to go there or I go where they are. So most of them are on Instagram. So this is why I went to Instagram. And then <clears throat> I had a huge learning curve. And if you look into my Instagram handle, Professor Dr. Eleanor, all in one, uh, all in one word, you can see, and I will also link to that in the show notes. You will see when you scroll down my feed, and I have never deleted anything, that my first posts and my first videos, Instagram, IGTV back then, are really cringeworthy. They don't even have a thumbnail. They don't have a storyline behind that. It was like all my first attempts were failures. When you look at it from, you know, a non-learning perspective, but instead I was like, I'm proud to be there. I know it's cringeworthy, but without that, I wouldn't be learning. I'm a serial learner. I try, I'm a serial transitioner. I always do something new in a series so that I can learn from my mistakes and make better videos make better contact or whatever it is in the next season so to speak so when you look into my instagram versus my linkedin profile you will see that i'm serving my communities they are different they have different ideal avatars so to speak um so i use a different language um but i again it's something that i try to I try to meet my avatar where they are and how they probably need my information. And that's always something career specific. And I personally wouldn't be harsh on myself, right? So I wouldn't be so judgmental on myself. So I, I left everything there. I didn't delete anything because I'm proud of that. I'm proud of my early work because usually and reality confirms that my own students they nudge me to try reels. They nudge me to try these trends, these, these audios. Sometimes they, they send me something where they think that I should go, I should try that out. So they are rooting for me. They know that I'm going above and beyond for my students. I'm, they know that. And they will also help me to create better content for them and the forthcoming student generations. So it's a give and take. And I wouldn't be hard on myself and to be visible and, you know, to to show that I'm also teachable. And I actually thought that that's a nice also, you know, trade-off, so to speak, or a benefit out of that, because in the lecture, 
I'm the one with the power. I have the knowledge. I have the skills. I teach my students what to do, how to do it, why they should do this. Instead, this power relation is absolutely changed in Instagram or in TikTok, so to speak, because then they are probably the ones who are more able than me, and they can teach me, and they see me fall, they see me fail, they see me standing up again, and they see me learning, and they see me also thriving. So I think this is something they see in a couple of weeks across the whole semester that they can achieve something because they see me doing it, learning. So what they also witness then is they see me role modeling a personal transformation that they can emulate. And from a meta level, because I'm a professor of industrial occupational psychology, I also teach about leadership and reverse mentoring and civilian leadership. So for me, it's walking the talk and working out loud. And once you have determined your readiness to leap and you think, yes, this is the way forward. I want to transition into business or industries. Then you can, if you like, enroll in your free email course with 10 actionable, bingeable email lessons until you start your job in business. You'll get 10 emails that detail, number one, how to leap out of science, number two, how to build your sustainable LinkedIn profile, number three, how to read social media and network, number four, how to research your favorite jobs and employers, number five, how to do information interviews to get insights, number six, how to create your customized applications, number seven, how to prepare your thesis from a business point of view, Number eight, how to apply to your favorite employers. Number nine, how to choose the right job offer. And number 10, how to prepare for your new job. Woohoo! And that's the next prompt for me because working out loud, the name of the game is work. Okay, social media is work. And I do think that social media, like in science communication, is a skill that you need to learn in today's time, right? So in this day and age, you need to be able to use social media in your own, to your own benefit and to the benefit of your students and to the benefit of your industry partners and stuff like that. So if it's not you, who should be the face of your own work? And that means you have at least a one-time investment, but you also have a regular investment. And depending on your own stage and your own goals and what you want to achieve with that, you need to think about whether you want to outsource that. But even if you outsource that, you need to be thinking the strategy behind that. Because once the thinking has been done, the doing is easy and can be also delegated. If you delegate it, your learning curve is less, shorter and also less, you know, in height. But 
it depends on your return on invest, right? So if you are the one who wants to transition the career from A to B, from one in, from from science to industry, or from industry to another industry, then you need to do the the work so that you can learn while you are doing, getting to know the people you are connecting with, and stuff like that. If you aspire to become a well-known, reputable professor, then obviously maybe you don't need so much to do the groundwork and especially the regular investment. And you can find people who can do that for you. But either way, once the strategy is set, you need to think about the key performance indicators. So everything, all your efforts that are goal directed need to be measured regularly. So you need to look into your analytics to see whether you are reaching your goal of, I don't know, winning an audience, winning followers every year, every month, every quarter or whatever it is. So this way you can listen to your audience and correct the course, so to speak, and deliver the content, deliver the format that they rather prefer. And with this being said, um, the return on invest is not so much about vanity metrics, but it's instead it should be the valuable connections that you are making and also, you know, nurturing along this journey. And the more experienced you are, you will find that this is not a lonesome journey, but instead it can be fruitful with collaborations with other professors, with other early career scientists, with other content creators, so to speak. And I hope I've inspired you to think about social media engagement in a more thorough way from a strategic perspective. And it's absolute fun for me, but I acknowledge that I have a technical background. Um, I was a former IT strategy consultant at Accenture. So for me, the tech behind or underneath the whole thing, the whole, you know, infrastructure is, is fun and it's, it's for me, relaxing, so to speak. Maybe it's challenging for you and you need to find someone you can delegate that to. But remember, the strategy behind that should be yours and not someone else's. And that's maybe also an investment that you can do in your PhD years. So remember to invest into your doctorate according to your vision of life so that you will manage your postdoc transformation from as early as possible. Thank you for listening and until the next episode. Oh, by the way, if you want to know how ready you are to leap out of science, check out our 15 questions, yes and no answers that you have to do. It's also the first episode of this postdoc transformation show. So have fun with that if you want to leap out. I have reasons for and against leaping. So check these episodes as well out and also Don't forget that employment is not the only and last resort, but instead you could also become an entrepreneur. So that's also a nice episode about another career path. And as mentioned in episode number four, future of work for new PhD holders in business, social media engagement, social media skills are one of the future-proof skills. And that was the reason behind of this episode about social media engagement for you. All right. Have fun applying all the things that I'm teaching you. 
Do you need step-by-step -step guidance for being active in social media and creating your online profile and your presence? I have an e-course for graduate schools, but I also offer it within the Postdoc Transformer bundle for individuals. Check out the link in the show notes. And when you buy the Postdoc Transformer bundle, make sure to enter as a discount code 12. So one, two, for a 20% discount on the bundle price. Again, discount code 12. So one, two, for 24% off from the Postdoc Transformer bundle price. I won't have that in the show notes, so you have to listen to this episode. And if you did, you are eligible for 24% off. Do you want the transcript of our episode and our episode sponsors answers to all six bold questions so that you can choose to apply? Do you want to nominate your employer of choice so that we can ask them our bold questions? For all of that, check out our clickable links in our show notes. And on our website, www.postdoctransformation.com, you can also check your readiness to leap into a business or enroll in our free email course, Career Transition Made Simple. Thanks for your attention. I'm Professor Dr. Alna Sui Winkles, the host of your weekly Postdoc Transformation Show. Postdoc Transformation. Postdoc Transformation. Postdoc Transformation.